Welcome to Spiritual Grit, the podcast where we talk real talk about spirituality through the lens of activism and social justice. What happens when activism and spiritual practices collide? What sparks of change call for the grit we need to create meaningful strides in social justice? I'm your host, Leslie Ann Hobayan, poet, priestess, activist, professor, hip-hop dancer, and badass mama. Join me as we dive in to learn more about our deepest selves so that we can be better ancestors to create a stellar world for our descendants. Grab your dancing shoes and let's get groovy with the grit right now. Hey loves, welcome to another episode of Spiritual Grit. How are you on this beautiful, beautiful day? I hope wherever you are, you are feeling fantastic. You are being grateful for the life that you have in this moment, that you're able to hear my voice as you listen to this podcast with hearing, the gift of hearing. Um, So yeah, take a deep breath and let it all out. All right, my friends. So I am working with a new microphone today, testing it out. Um, We'll see what happens. Hopefully the sound is okay for y'all. So I'm going to start today's episode with a card from the Lights Here's deck. And today, hold on a second, I have pulled the Ten of Cups. The Ten of Cups is coming to us reversed. It's a beautiful card, by the way. There's this wonderful rainbow. It's like a hammock made out of rainbow. And we've got Ten Cups that are all along the colors of the rainbow. You know, like there's one that's um, a sort of fuchsia pink and then a light orange and gold. You get the idea. But we've got um, a couple, a man and a woman. Their back is to us and they are seated in this magical looking hammock. And then there's two little kids playing off in the distance. Um, It's a beautiful card. And so, but it comes reversed. So let's take a look at what the guidebook says. For the shadow side, disharmony or disputes, miscommunication, struggling relationships, unrealistic expectations, not feeling worthy of love and a delay. Okay, so this is interesting because the time of this recording, the full moon energy is in full effect. Um, and this, so let me read the, the guidebook. This card has the powerful energy of connected hearts, giant love, and devoted acceptance often seen as the one big happy happy family card. It's a giant yes for relationships and love, and it predicts your fairy tale ending. Hmm. And if it's reversed, it means mm, that's not happening necessarily, but it's showing up in other ways. And hey, you get to decide what this soulmates and unicorn ending looks like. Allow your heart's expansive energy to pour into all of your connections including those with your community. In shadow, which is what we have, this card suggests that you need to look at how you feel about yourself within relationships. If you're looking for a white picket fence in order to find happiness, remember that your joy will come only from the inside out. 
Mm-hmm. As within, so without. By waiting for other people, or better things, to create happiness for you, you undermine your own power to create feelings of love. Yes, you give it away. Conditional living is no bueno. And I'll talk a little bit more, more about that in a second. Bring gratitude and generosity to your life every day. Focus on others and gift them your energy through time, kindness, and service. Okay, so this card is really about community. It's about love coming in. It's about harmony in relationships and family. Your heart is opening and there's a sense of wholeness. It is um, number 10 in a minor arcana suit. And if you think about the, um, the minor arcana, it is a journey. There are different stages and um, the suit of cups is associated with water, which is emotions and the heart and all this wonderful stuff that a lot of us sometimes don't know <laughs> what to do with or how to deal with it or how to manage. Um, but 10 of cups means that you've, you've gone through the, the sort of sticky part, that the sticky part, the, the rough stuff we'll say, and you're coming out of it better and feeling like so much as possibility lies ahead. Okay. And then we move into the, you know, to the, the higher cards, which is something else. But so 10 of cups is like, Hey, you know, we did the work and now I feel whole. I'm in community and this is great, but this card came reversed. So, um, it means that we need to take a look at ourselves. Like the guidebook says, what reality are we creating outside of us? is largely dependent on what our inside looks like. Oh, sorry. Let me take the mic. Um, what, how are you feeling on the inside? How, how does your soul feel? Does it feel nourished? Does it feel attended to? Um, you know, are there, are there places within you that still need to be healed? The answer is yes, because healing is a lifelong journey. Um, you know, these are questions to consider. So, I, um, I'm thinking about conditional living, which I mentioned just a few moments ago. And what that is, is that we wait for conditions to be a certain, you know, we, we wait for certain conditions before we take action, before we start to feel a certain way, before, you know, our inside can adjust, you know, it's, it's these statements, these thoughts that we, um, tell ourselves like, oh, if I find the right guy, then I'll be happy. Or, oh, if I, you know, sell 10 units of whatever my product is, then I'll be happy or I'll feel accomplished or I'll feel like I made it in my business. Um, if we, you know, say, um, if I, if I get to feel high vibration, no, that's not a good example because that's talking about within. <laughs> Um, but you get the, you get the point. So the, the idea is that we are already whole. We are already full of love. We are already worthy and we deserve all the things simply because we were born on this planet in this human body, in this lifetime. We're here to play. We're here to experiment. And Part of that is to be solid in who you are and who you're being at your essence, at your very core, at the satnam. So in the tradition of Kundalini Yoga, satnam is the essence of you. It translates as truth is my name. Truth is my essence. So if you think about how 
too often we are disconnected from that because we're looking externally for answers, for solutions, for ways of feeling. You know, like if I buy this blouse, it'll make me feel like a million dollars. True, true, right? But will that also feed into how you actually are being? So I'm wandering into into this this sort of I don't want to talk about complicated, but this tricky line between the within and the without, where sometimes you'll hear people say, you know, be your future self now and ask yourself, okay, what does my future self do? What is my future self, you know, where? What do they do now? Do they go to Starbucks every morning and get a $5 cup of coffee? Do they, but I don't have $5 to spend on coffee. You know what I mean? So it, it takes some discernment. You know, people say, you know, there are some teachers out there, manifestation teachers, spiritual teachers who say, you know, be the future self now. Be the version of you who you want to be. That version, be that version now. And you can do that. You can do that, but some with some responsibility, you know, without, it's not about looking to the external to say, oh, you know, my millionaire self drives a, um, a Mercedes or a Tesla, and I'm going to go out and buy one, even though I don't have the money for it, because I want to feel like that million dollar self. Well, you need to have, you need to exercise a little bit of responsibility in that. It doesn't mean spend all the money that you don't have. It means... Okay, if you want to embody your million-dollar self, what decisions will they make throughout the day? Will they spend time sending, you know, administrative emails for four hours throughout the day? No, they have an assistant for that. Now, you know, go get an assistant. But, again, this is what I mean. It's tricky. And I'm opening up this can of worms that I really wasn't intending to go down, but here we are. Um... But the bottom line is, okay, I can talk more about this if y'all are interested in embodying your future self, but the bottom line is that the Ten of Cups is coming to us reversed, is asking us to look within to see what in our heart needs attention, needs love and caring. And once we can shift that, once we can cradle the heart if it's feeling tender or sensitive or hurt once we can restore alignment within then the external things will start to happen for you you know let's say you're looking for a relationship and you're like oh if I just find that right person I will be so happy well how about making the decision to be happy now by doing the things that make you happy so that your vibration is at the happiness frequency. And as you emit that frequency, then the person that you want to be in relationship with, who will match your frequency, will then show up. It's a very, um, <laughs> it's counterintuitive to what we've been taught and to how we've been conditioned. You know, um, I, <laughs> I just, yeah. Let's talk about play, okay? Because this is the theme that I've been working with this week, is the idea of play as part of this two-part, oh, sorry, four-part series, Journey to Thrive. So we are in part two of Journey to Thrive. And this card, this, this Ten of Cups card, 
says to me that we're not playing enough. We're not enjoying ourselves enough. We're not delighting in the things around us and who we are and who we're being. Um, and it's time for us to do that. You know, I think about my own childhood and how it was hard um, as a daughter of immigrants, as the firstborn daughter of immigrants, I was given the uh, burden, yeah, to be that bridge between my parents and American culture and American society. You know, I was translator sometimes. Um, I mean, my, my parents, you know, they spoke English pretty well, if not, you know, totally fluently. My dad more so than my mom, but I felt like I still needed to be that go-between for them, between, you know, teaching them, oh, this is the American way, you know, like, the way you guys are doing it is weird, but, um, but yeah, so I served as that, as that bridge and wasn't able to really enjoy my childhood. I wasn't really allowed to play as much. It was like, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to obey. You need to, you know, get good grades. You need to stay on top of your schoolwork. Why are you going outside? Stay inside. You know, it, it was just one thing after another where eventually I got the message that whatever you wanted to do, you either had to do it in secret or you needed to just suppress it. Um, you know, so for example, if I wanted to play and my parents were both at work, then I would play in my room with the door closed so that my grandparents who raised me and took care of me wouldn't necessarily know that I was playing. Um, and so as a result, my sense of play has been, I don't want to say diminished, maybe it's been diminished, but I don't know if it was even there enough to have something to diminish, if that makes any sense. But my sense of play is something that I've been cultivating, and it has been a challenge, if I'm being honest. It's um, it's like, what is play? You know, I have a very analytical mind that I'm, I've been reshaping into something that's more intuitive, less analytic. Um, but, you know, sometimes old habits die hard, and so... I am trying to figure out, like, what is play? Like, what do you do? How do you do it? Um, and I realized after, you know, working with some mentors and talking to my friends and my community that play is really anything that brings you delight. For me, that's, that's my definition of play. Um, but it also gives you opportunities to let go of control, um, to allow you just to be easy and not have to think about whatever the next to do is, you know, it could be long, it could be short, it could be whatever you want to be, but there are moments of true delight, you know? So for example, I love to do cartwheels and it's just funny to me that the adults around me are very hesitant around, about cartwheels. I'm like, what's the big deal? Just, you know, put your hands down, go. And, you know, I find that a lot of adults are afraid to do cartwheels because of that fear of being upside down, of putting your legs over your head, just being upside down. And, um, and for me, you know, I find it funny. And so I try to teach all my friends how to do cartwheels and, you know, works in progress, but I, I love to do cartwheels and that immediately gets me into play mode, you know, and when I'm teaching yoga, 
I love to teach my students handstands because it feels so fun. And the way I teach handstands is, you know, we work in stages and I, um, I teach them inversions first. You know, first it's like the L up against the wall. Then maybe it's a headstand or a tripod stand or whatever. But it is all about pushing that edge of comfort and shifting ever so slightly, maybe one baby step over into discomfort. Because when you don't play, you tend to be boring. We'll just say that. But also you limit yourself from what is possible. You know, I, I actually taught how to do cartwheels in one of my yoga classes recently. And one of my students did one and she was so surprised and delighted because she had it in her mind. She's like, there's no way I can do cartwheel. No way, no way. Like she already decided that she, there's no way, you know, so I encouraged her. I broke it down to basics like I do for all my, my students, um, many of whom are, you know, in their, a little older than me and, and retired. And they're like, you want me to do a cartwheel? Are you serious? Um, and I get them to do it and they have so much fun. And so what happens is that if you don't test your boundaries, if you don't try to go beyond them, you will not grow. You will not evolve. And if that happens, then you, the reality that you create will not change either. And so what, what's the fun in that? You know, you'll, you can want, want, want for all the things, but if you are not cultivating a practice of nurturing and support of your heart and your inner essence, then your body, your system isn't going to want to do some of the uncomfortable things. It's not going to want to move the edges into discomfort, into growth, into finding out what's beyond what we know. Because as I always say, we don't know what we don't know. So how do we get to know what we don't know? Play. We get to play as a way to create moments of surprise, to create new moments of discovery. And what I wanted to talk about as far as play goes is its role in the healing journey, in healing the trauma that comes with being a second generation woman of color. You know, when you are the U.S. born kid and your parents are immigrants and they have no idea of the culture changes or whatever, you're stuck in the middle. You're stuck because you're not American, because you're not white, right? Americans don't, white Americans don't see brown people, especially immigrants, as American. I don't know how many times I've gotten asked where I learned English and my English is so good and why I don't have an accent, you know, and I'm just like, excuse me, uh, I was born and raised here. Yeah, thanks. Um, so, so yeah, so there's, there's the childhood trauma of that. There's intergenerational trauma. There's ancestral trauma, you know, because brown peoples have been oppressed and enslaved for so long that it's in our DNA. And so what healing, when I talk about healing journey, I'm talking about the practices that we do to help heal the nervous system that has been in perpetual survival mode, whether we know it or not, you know, and to infuse our DNA with delight and joy and happiness 
so that our realities that we create around us shift and we begin to relax and we begin to understand what it feels like to move out of survival mode, to move out of um, the 4F response, to move into rest and digest and allow for the parasympathetic nervous system to give us the rest that we need because we are freaking tired. Yes, we are tired. Um, And so play is one way to ease the nervous system, to allow for the sympathetic nervous system to rest to signal oh hey we'll do something fun yeah we're doing something fun it's a little uncomfortable you know but this is fun and i keep thinking about the cartwheels it's fun and i get to laugh and you know it's just i don't know it's just it's just awesome um so in this series last week i talked about um releasing we need to work on releasing the things that are holding us back. And often we don't know what's holding us back, but we have enough awareness around the things that are holding us back that we start to release those. And then it makes room for the unknown things that are, that are in need of being released. So we release in order to create space for healing and in order to create space for the things that we truly do want to come into our, our circle, our sphere, our orbit. And then part two, which is today, is about play, because play eases the nervous system. It allows for our nervous system to rest, to feel safe, even though maybe a cartwheel feels scary, it is one of delight. And so I want you to think about what one thing can you do this week? to encourage a sense of play. I mean, even board games are play, right? But I'm asking you for something a little more embodied, you know, whether it's like a forward roll, you know, I used to do somersaults in gym class when you were little, or it could be a handstand, or it could be um, a cartwheel, or it could just be hopscotch. Draw, you know, a hopscotch board in chalk on your driveway and just play hopscotch. You know, jump rope. Just do the things that the little kids do. You know, if you don't remember your childhood, just go look at little kids. They're all in camp right now. You know, and just see how they interact with each other. See how they play. And see if you can engage in some kind of play. And then once you do that, maybe you can get a little nap, a little rest. Just pretend you're a kindergartner, right? Could you imagine... You're going to go to kindergarten now. Like, you're just learning how to cut and paste, like, cardboard, um, construction paper, and making some fingerprint art. And then you have a snack. And then you lie down and take a nap. Play some more. Oh, my God. That sounds so wonderful. (laughs) Um, But anyway. All right, my friends. So, in continuing our uh, series... Uh, series three, I'm going to talk about boundaries next week. And then, um, and then series four to complete the journey to thrive. I'm going to talk about connecting with your intuition. So hopefully y'all can come and join me on those episodes coming up. But now I'm going to shuffle the deck once more. That was really loud. And cards are flying everywhere. Um, And I am going to pull a card to close 
our ceremony, our ceremony of podcasting. <laughs> and today I have the Empress. Oh, and she comes to us reversed. What is it with the reversals in me? I just, I, maybe there's just a lot of shadow work that needs to happen. Um, so the shadow for this card is about emotional overwhelm, shutting down, the need for self-care, disharmony, negligence, being overprotective of your creations, being overly dependent on others. So this is a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, because the Empress is about creation. It's about fertility. It's about um, birthing your gifts into the world so that others can benefit. And as a shadow, what I'm seeing is that we are holding our gifts back. We are keeping them close to us, maybe because we feel like they're our little babies and we don't want to let them out in the world. Maybe because we're too scared to let them out where we think, oh, maybe someone will make fun of us. Maybe this won't work. Maybe, you know, it's too, it's too dangerous or scary to put myself out there and I'm just going to shut down and hide in my cocoon. But I'm here to tell you with nervous system resilience, which can start with play, that can support you as you move out into the world, as you birth the things that you're being called to offer to the world as your gift, as your life purpose. So chew on that a little bit. Hmm? See if shutting down is benefiting you. I mean, your ego is like, yeah, 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 we got to keep safe. But playing it safe and living a life of comfort doesn't serve anybody. You know, we get restless. If we're not in our life's purpose, if we're not doing what we're called to do, we get restless. We get irritable. We get angry. We get stressed. We get so many um, physical diseases, physical ailments. And so, my friends, take a look at what you're doing and ask yourself, what gifts do I have to offer the world and how can I share them? And it doesn't have to be big. It could be just like some small thing. Like my friend Isabel just sent out a bunch of copies of her comics and I love them so much. You know, that's her putting herself out in the world. It's not like some big, you know, Penguin Random House production. She made it with her own two hands and it is the most beautiful piece of expression of art that I have engaged with in a long time and I'm so happy for it. Um, so yeah, so I invite you to do the same. And on that, on that note, my friends, I wish you well this week. Stay tuned for part three, which is all about boundary setting. Until next time, the divine light in me bows to the divine light in you. Namaste. If you're feeling like fighting the good fight is bringing you down and hope is starting to fade, grab my free seven-day meditative challenge, Spark Joy in Chaos, by signing up for my newsletter, which will be more light to your inbox. Go to suryagiyan.com slash subscribe.